Good morning. Red-tailed hawk flew past my window twice when I was upstairs preparing for this talk. And then I came downstairs and walked outside and the same hawk flew past and went to a distant tree directly across from where I was standing and just sat there. I know from some, in some traditions, hawks are considered messenger birds, especially in traditions that were um, that populated this continent before we did, before Europeans came. No idea what the message is, but hopefully we'll hear it. So we're coming, what I love about Rahatsu, what I love, one of the things I love about having it at the time we do is that we're moving toward solstice, toward the winter solstice. A time we usually don't recognize very well in this culture because we're running about doing things, buying things, not hearing the request to quiet down. Not hearing the request of shorter days, longer nights. Our ancestors wouldn't have had all this electricity, so they would have known to pick up different habits than they had in the summer. There wouldn't be planting, there wouldn't be so much work. There would be caring for home, caring for spirituality, caring for ritual, caring for the intimacies of life together. And I feel our Rahatsu Sishin takes that on and takes that seriously. I wouldn't talk about Zazen. We'll be doing it together in many ways and not together in some ways. But um, first of all, can you all hear me fine? Okay, good. We talk a lot about the uprightness of Zazen. Not a rigid uprightness, but a resting uprightness, an uprightness that is that finds its balance in ourselves, with our bodies, but with all things actually, with everything that's arising. And we've been thinking about um, how our Zazen is at the center of the 10 directions, always, wherever we are. So the 10 directions, for those of us who don't know what that is, it's quite simple, really. It's north, south, east, west, northwest, northeast, southwest, and southeast, eight directions. 
and then up and down toward the sky and toward the center of the earth. And so we are sitting at the center of those 10 directions wherever we are and we're in relationship to those 10 directions always. We're expanding through those 10 directions. Those 10 directions are penetrating us. But what's interesting about the 10 directions is if you, they're not static, if you think about the Dharma wheel, so the traditional way the wheel of Dharma is, is um, painted, understood, is with eight spokes. The eight-fold path usually represents. And those eight spokes, of course, it's easily line against the eight directions. But the Dharma wheel doesn't turn without its axis. So the 10 directions are also the Dharma wheel on its axis, turning on its axis. The eight spokes of the Dharma wheel, the axle that goes to the heavens and to the center of the earth. And our upright posture is that axis that extends to the earth and extends to the sky through which the Dharma wheel turns. Now this wheel, this notion of wheel, this is an old, old, old Vedic concept. It's in everything. We talk about the turning of the wheel of Dharma, but when the Buddha was, when, when the very first, the very first story of the Buddha was the prediction, was Maya being pregnant with him in the prediction of the sages who said he would either be a Chakravarti or he would be a great sage. The Chakravarti is a, is a wheel-turning ruler. And it's understood in a couple of ways. One way it's understood is that the wheels of the chariot never stop turning, meaning that the size of the empire is vast. There's an old, older Vedic way of understanding it, which is this idea that um, in the Vedic tradition prior to Buddhism, there was this idea that ritual, the ritual that we actually do together, balances the cosmos, which is turning. And so there was a Chakravarti might also be the emperor that aligns their people with the cosmos. And in the Buddhist tradition, Dhamma Chakapavatna Sutta, what we studied recently, the turning of the wheel of Dharma. This wheel is the Dharma wheel that turns through all things and turns through us. The teaching of the Dharma that when heard turns the wheel, when understood, turns the wheel for another generation, for another generation, and it keeps turning. And it's our practice that keeps it turning. 
And it needs to keep turning because there's another cycle, which you might have heard of, which is the cycle of samsara. There's another turning that's going on that's being energized by our grasping of our minds. It's being energized by a grasping of a separate self. And in in our cosmology, it we're moving through the cycle of samsara is moving through realms of hungry ghosts and hell realms and human realms and animal realms and jealous deities and deities and this life and New York City and the New York countryside and our nation and the world. There is this human attempt to control what is. to make it ours, not all humans, but enough. And that cycle also keeps going. And so when we think about the word dukkha, right, which comes from the root of an, of an, a wheel and an axle being out of sync with each other, out of balance, it has an enormous meaning It's out of balance for me. If I'm grasping onto separation, it's out of balance for the cosmos. It's out of balance for my sangha. It's out of balance for the people around me. It's out of balance. It's the cycle of samsara flying through all of the realms. But what brings this into balance is not its obliteration, not getting rid of it, but in some ways, sinking the Dharma wheel with it, bringing these two wheels together, that we're sitting at the center of the 10 directions of this earth, we're sitting at the center of the Dharma wheel, we're sitting at the center of the spinning cycle of samsara, we're sitting at the center of all of them. And allowing the Dharma to arise, allowing the Dharma to be present with the dukkha that is this wheel out of balance. The Dharma wheel doesn't get out of balance, it's doing fine. But allowing the Dharma to penetrate the cycles of our own habits, allowing it to begin to penetrate who and what we are, who we think we are. In some ways, the way Dogen talks about it, all we have to do to do that is just sit still. We don't really have to do much else. We just straighten our spines to the best we can, let the musculature of our bodies rest, trust the earth, giving our body over to that support, and, and just be. Be for a while with the breath. Be for a while with the samsaric dukkha thoughts that are flying around in our minds. They're fine. It's not really anything to worry too much about. They're going to do what they're going to do until they're done. Until they align over time with the Dharma.
the pesky dharma that just keeps coming in there and mirroring them over and over and over again. And the bumpy ride gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And all of this is connected. You know, this feels very big cosmos, but I don't think there was ever a time, maybe until very recently, that it wasn't integral to Buddhism, to Buddhist practice, to understand that we are both practicing right here, right in this moment, right with what's immediately in front of us, and that that is deeply interconnected with the entirety of the cyclical cosmos, that we are all of this, that the snow that's falling outside is everywhere and everything that is, is there, that everything is with the hawk, that the hawk is all that is, that each one of us are expressions of the entirety of the cosmos and that our activity, not the separate self, this is not egoic grandeur. The ego's, the separate self is puny and not particularly powerful, despite all its self-talk. But the whole of the body is the whole of what is arising as us in a given moment. That's all of that our zazen is really easy to say, hard to do. All our zazen is really asking of us is to be the whole of what is in a given moment. Is to let it all arise and fall away. To recognize that the stillness at the center of the turning wheel is only still because of the turning. It's still because everything is able to move freely. Dukkha, when it's out of balance, when it's, the wheel sticks, when it gets caught, suddenly the center is not still anymore. It starts to jostle around and kick. The great irony of our stillness is stillness is allowing everything to move. It's, the parad it's a seeming paradox, except we see it. We see when our mind releases and everything can just simply be what it is, that what our body feels is a deep, profound stillness in those moments. We're not grabbing onto a story. We're not insisting on a perspective. We're not insisting even on who I think I am in this life, even on this body. You know, we often, it's translated in the way we chant it in the Ehe Hutsukanmon. It's, it's, um, it's save the body, which is the fruit of many lives. There's an alternate translation to that, that is liberate the body, which is the fruit of many lives. The save and liberate is the save and liberate of the Bodhisattva. It's translated both ways many times. It can mean to free the salvation, the so-called salvation is in, is in the freeing. Free or liberate the body that is the fruit of many lives. Free the turning of the wheel of Dharma that is moving through us. Not to get in the way of it. We can't make it happen. It simply will happen. 
as we start to let ourselves be who we are. And then again, at the center of the 10 directions, and really I'm just, I hope to just encourage each of us to plop ourselves down and be the stillness at the center of all things. Being at the center of the 10 directions, being at the center of the earth, being aligned with the turning earth that at her center is still. There is a the north-south axis, which would be the still direction of the earth. East-west would be spinning. North-south would be still. The ancestors knew this, so the the monasteries, the, the meditation halls are always aligned north-south. The Buddha is always facing south, back to the north. The energy of the sitting Buddha is always along the axis of the earth. Everything's spinning around the Buddha. The senior practitioners, the ones who are responsible for the community, are always on the walls where they are facing north-south. aligned with the axis of the earth, knowing that being aligned with the axis of the earth is not just metaphorical. It's recognizing that she is us and we are her, and that the support of that stillness at the center is what is at the center of our own zazen. And so our ancestors ask us to sit our ancestors have invited us to sit still, to be with the center of the Dharma wheel, to be with the center of our own cycle of samsara, to be with our lopsided clunky dukkha wheel, to be with the earth, all turning around us. And in every moment we're being asked, are we Chakravarti? Are we trying to take control over? the turning wheel, expand empire, make ourselves powerful, make ourselves who we think we should be, or are we giving over to the Dharma wheel? It simply is turning, and we have to let it work on us. Dogen's very clear with us that we don't know mostly what's going on. We don't really understand how we're changing, how we're being changed. We just sit down and Zazen works on us. And then surprise us, oh, I don't do that anymore. I do do that. There's some sort of bodily settling that doesn't necessarily do away with all my karma, <laughs> but it gives it a lot of space, provides a lot of compassion. I'm going to read something from Dogen. Actually, a few things. The first comes from fascicle 12 in the Shobogenzo called the time being. Some of you know it. The way the self arrays itself is in the form of the entire world. See, each thing in this entire world has this moment in time. Things do not hinder one another just as moments do not hinder one another. The way-seeking mind arises in this moment 
A way-seeking mind arises in this mind. It is the same with practice and with attaining the way. Thus the self setting itself out in array, meaning out across all that is, the self setting itself out in array sees itself. This is the understanding that the self is all time. Know that in this way there are myriads of forms and hundreds of grasses, meaning all things. Know that in this way there are myriads of forms and hundreds of grasses throughout the entire earth, and yet each grass and each form itself is the entire earth. The study of this is the beginning of practice. That each grass is the entire earth, Dogen is saying the study of this is the beginning of practice. When you are at this place, there is just one grass, there is just one form, there is understanding of form and beyond understanding of form, there is understanding of grass and beyond understanding of grass, since there is nothing but just this moment, the time being is all the time there is. There's grass being, form being, all or both time. Each moment is all being. Each moment is the entire world. Reflect now whether any being or any world is left outside of this present moment. Don't try to intellectually understand that at all. If a line soaks in, a line soaks in. But there are a few cues. Reflect now whether any being or any world is left outside of this present moment. That we are to study that one event, one person, one thing, one hawk, one snowfall is the entire earth. To let our um, hearts and minds be that big. To let our hearts not block themselves with our mind that wants something different than what is right now. When that mind arises, the mind that says, not this, something else, instead of trying to manipulate what is arising in the mind of resistance, can we just accept the mind of resistance, accept everything that's arising, not resist further, just quietly set it down. Not resisting it, just quietly settling it, setting it down. Can we just set it down? Because the stillness that is our zazen, that is at the center, is at the center of all things, opens us up to all things without exception. This is what Dogen tells us again and again is the true practice of Zazen is to be open for the stillness to open us to all things without exception. Everything that is arising and falling away, everything heard outside of our window, everything that's annoying us, everything that we love, everything we're fantasizing about, all of it. And to watch the mind that wants to drive wedges between everything, make good and bad out of the world and push things aside. This allows us to, there's a language we talk about of returning to the source. When the stillness is indistinguishable 
from everything being in motion, then we know the source. Not indistinguishable in the sense, well, in some ways, yes, not indistinguishable in the sense that we don't know the difference between movement and stillness, but the felt sense of dynamic life, what Dogen calls Zenki, or the life functioning as itself, that turning of all things, that throughout that is stillness. That when everything is included, the tension that we call movement isn't there in the same way anymore. See what it is for the body to be still and everything else to move. Every thought, everything that we want to just suppress, repress, get angry at, be frustrated with, even if those come up, let that move. It too has a lifespan. Our frustration is born and dies. Our anger is born and dies. Our self-loathing is born and dies. Our obsessions all are born and die. Let them have their lives. But no longer than need be. So I'll read one other thing from Dogen. And again, don't try to understand this with your intellect, please. <laughs> this is actually a conversation between four monks, but I'm not going to name their names. I'm just going to go through what they say so you can hear it. When one person, this is from Fasco 74 in the Shobogenzo called Turning the Dharma Wheel. When one person opens up reality, and returns to the source. Pounding and crackling resounds throughout the space in the ten directions. When one person opens up reality and returns to the source, the space in the ten directions is just the space in the ten directions. When one person opens up reality and returns to the source, in the space throughout the ten directions, flowers are added to the brocade. When one person opens up reality and returns to the source, the space throughout the 10 directions opens up reality and returns to the source. I read them again. Feel this. When one person opens up reality and returns to the source, pounding and crackling resounds throughout the space in the 10 directions. When one person opens up reality and returns to the source, the space in the 10 directions is just the space in the 10 directions. When one person opens up reality and returns to the source, in the space throughout the 10 directions, flowers are added on brocade. When one person opens up reality and returns to the source, the space throughout the 10 directions opens up reality and returns to the source. So this sashin, there will be pounding and crackling. There will be nothing particularly important. There will be flowers added to the brocade, and there will be the opening up of the ten directions to themselves and their release into liberation. All of these things will be happening. Most of it we will not see because we're still looking with our eyes. But this is the mystery that Dogen refers to. This is what Dogen talks about in the Genjo Koan at the point when he says, but when the Dharma fills us, we can tell there's something missing. 
when the Dharma fills us, we know that most of what is happening is mystery. Most of what is changing us is beyond our capacity to know. Most of what is happening is missing from our perception. Whatever story you tell yourself about the next five days will be a splinter of light. Most of what is happening, we will not know. And there will be change, and the Dharma wheel will be aligning with the cycle of samsara, and the earth will be moving through us, and the Dharma will be moving through us. And slowly over time, against all of our better egoic judgment, we will let go and we will quiet. And it will have almost nothing to do with our will, except the intention to put our butts back on the cushion again and again and again. This is our way. Our way is a way of faith. It is a way of knowing that whatever little bit I have to do with this, it is virtually nothing compared to the gift of my ancestors, the gift of our ancestors, and the massive karmic river that is moving forward that I am a part of. So we sit with gratitude for everything that has been given us. We are fortunate in hard times to have the Dharma. You all have communicated that a thousand ways over the last months. So maybe we take just a couple moments here together and let the 10 directions fully in. That we feel the energy in the lower part of our body stretching down into the center of the earth, rooting us, extending up through our bodies, through the tops of our heads into the sky. And our posture is not ours, but it is a deep, intimate conversation between the earth and the sky, for which we are just fortunate bystanders fortunate recipients and then the sense of our bodies expanding out in every direction with the axle staying strong up and down the conversation between the sky and the earth continuing and the bounds is going sideways through the sides of our bodies in every direction, just keeps going to include the whole of our apartment, to include the city, to include all things, to include Mother Earth, deep intimacy with Mother Earth turning knowing that the Dharma wheel that has been turned by the fingertips of each ancestor 
is being received and turning through us now. For those not in the city, feel the land around you. Feel where you are. Let all things into the body, into the heart, into the mind. Note when the thoughts of who we are disallow, including all that is. And allow that to be there too. No matter where we are, there is nothing about our zazen that is small, that is cut off, that is alone. The whole of the world turns right here. This has been true through all the ages of this practice. It is certainly true today. Thank you for listening. May our intentions equally penetrate every... Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.